Hello, everybody. Welcome back on this very special uh, two-for-one episode of Marvelous or the Death of Cinema uh, as part of our uh, current mission of backlogging some of the other major superhero movies. Uh, now, <laughs> as part of our backlogging mission, we watched two movies that very much are logs that could have come out of someone's back. <laughs> Suicide Squad, you have been dethroned. Uh, that is a string of words I didn't think I would have to say this soon. Um, yeah, so we watched uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. In in comparison to Amazing Spider-Man, okay, in, in comparison to Amazing Spider-Man, Suicide Squad is painless. Yes, yes. It, I mean, clever and accurate. Like, li- like literally. We made the terrible, horrible masochistic decision. We were kind of like up in the air what we wanted to do for this episode. Um, you know, I, I was leaning towards doing Blade 1 and 2 because uh, those are actually good movies and it's the Halloween season. Give ourselves a little break. Um, well, but I, I remember that. that in, that could be our bonus. Yeah, but I, I dug myself into this hole because I had already mentioned doing it on the last episode so i have to meet expectations and yeah we watched these two uh uh two consecutive nights in a row uh <sighs> at least the second one's like funny bad second one's funny bad the, the first um, one made me so angry i started like whipping pens across the room we I periodically had to stop the film because Nicole had to like get up from the computer and like pace and fume. And I'm not kidding. He, he, I'm he's not, not joking. Up. I literally not a bit. Like that was how I felt when I watched um Rise of, I watched a bootlegger Rise of Skywalker out of morbid curiosity. And I had to do the same thing. Like every twenty minutes I had to like stop the movie and pace because I was getting headaches. It was just just that just, awful. It's it's one amazing Spider-Man is one step above like something that is just should not exist in the sense that it is like ethically and art like insulting to me. It's but but even that it's just barely it barely meets that threshold because it is so fucking boring. It's it's not the only thing separating it from uh uh, something as culturally irredeemable as um, the Turner Diaries is just the fact that it's not like a white nationalist propaganda piece. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, guess we're we're here to talk about this. So I I did manage to squeeze in a uh not not as short as my Deadpool summary, but uh, uh I wrote the majority of this before we watched the second one. Um, but I, I, I think my bitterness towards just the fact, oh, I'm, I didn't even mention this. I have recently rewatched like the, both like Spider-Man one and two, uh, within like the last month. So Raimi's Spider-Man is like fresh in my mind. Um, you know, obviously watched those movies a lot growing up. I had the VHS, but not only do those movies like hold up, but they actually have like themes and motivations and character arcs and like things that make you care. Whereas the first one is like 
like Thor two, but worse. Like in that yeah. bo- like boring, bland, mediocre. Like it's in this context. Seeing this now, I kind of understand better why like Marvel Studios took off more because this was the output. Like this was what like was coming out for like like Sony cannot like Sony fucking Sony. You know, Marvel like limps out of the gate and then like, you know, Sony with these movies just face plants. Uh, <laughs> it slipped on a banana peel. Uh, DC has Man of Steel, which is just um Loud like but like more loud, stupid. More interesting to talk about its failures than most of these others' movies, but like from a casual audience perspective, just so joyless. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at least it has a vision. I don't like the vision, yeah, but more, there is more a vision. artistically defensible, but just from an entertainment perspective, also like not not a lot of uh, not terribly enjoyable. Um, I, I mean, don't unless you're like a specific specific types of guy, I guess that shares Zack Snyder's brain. <laughs> but for most of us, uh, you know, so so Marvel's just like it, it's sheer like consistent adequacy um yeah and this is this is the low 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 ass bar that marvel needed like at the mcu needed to clear um so should i just give my yeah, my yeah summary? okay all right hit it Fun fact, there are five Oscar wins shared between the cast of Sony's The Amazing Spider-Man reboot. Funner fact, two of those wins belong to Sally Field, who later remarked that these movies are shit, and the only decent thing about them is Andrew Garfield's take on Peter Parker. I agree with Miss Fields, but with the caveat that there's actually nothing good about these movies, and he certainly doesn't skateboard either. In order to starve off the MCU's growing monopoly over Marvel's superhero properties, Sony kicked Sam Raimi to the curb and made two new Spider-Man movies so they could hold on to the rights of one of their IP cash cows for a few more years until North Korea hacked their shit. The Amazing Spider-Man takes a more grounded and realistic approach to New York's favorite web-slinger by tying Spider-Man's origins to some secret science eugenics Peter's parents were involved in. After being bitten by a radioactive spider more than half an hour into the movie, Peter goes from a sort of socially awkward but conventionally attractive teenage hipster into a conventionally attractive teenage hipster with superpowers he uses to stop Delgo with. In The Amazing Spider-Man 2, this bland-ass CW teen drama takes an entertainingly stupid turn as Peter Parker fights an autistic guy with electricity powers, refuses to give a boy who's sick and dying his blood to cure goblin aids, and gets Emma Stone killed in one of the funniest death scenes ever put to screen. In short, the first movie is boring-ass dog shit, and the second one is only recommended as background entertainment for drinking parties. If there's anything amazing about these movies, it's that I didn't give myself cirrhosis of the liver from drinking so much while watching them. Also, literally not. Um, Cumulative? Like, are we talking like one night? 
or both nights together. Also not an exaggeration. Uh, how many bottles of wine did you go through? Um, like it was at, it was at least like, like depending on the bottle, I would say like a, like a regular both size bottle. Like we're talking like slim bottles. It was like a bottle and like a half. This is, <laughs> this is Nicole's an alcoholic hour. Not good. Uh, no, that I don't even know what to say about that first one because it was I saw it once around when it came out out of curiosity and promptly kind I w- of forgot I mean- most of everything <laughs> about it. And rewatching it, it was like worse than I remembered. It's just so boring i don't mean boring like oh it's slow pace but it's like you know a slow pace movie isn't boring if it's got atmosphere and characters or tension or you know all those things well and it was it was this movie does yeah <laughs> it, it was tough for me on my end also because uh we spent what like half an hour 45 minutes trying to make sure like the uh audio wasn't lagging on my end so for like the first 20 minutes of the movie we were just like it, it was just a nightmare to get through. Oh yeah, yeah. I did um, a, a peek behind the scenes. We've been uh, taking the last couple episodes to I I, I legally acquire. He, just he put, like, allegedly a bunch of reverb on that, Miguel. I, I, I legally acquire um, these movies, and then I screw them over to Nicole, so we can watch them at the same time and kind of uh, share the experience and. Uh, I got everything working finally. DM me if you ever need help with that. But uh, Discord's uh, uh, desktop window streaming stuff does not play nice with uh, Media Player Classic or VLC, um, unless uh, you go into the settings and disable it and set it back to like the old version. Then it worked fine. But uh, yeah, so there's there's forty minutes of technical difficulties adding to the aggravation. Um, I'm I'm. I can't help but like take this perspective having just rewatched the Raimi ones. Like not only having grown up with those as my like go-to Spider-Man movies, but like they're actually good movies. So watching this was just like bordering on like insulting. It, like, it is an apples to apples comparison. And and for a movie for like a, a reboot that is clearly trying to like differentiate itself from what Raimi did because those that Spider-Man is still fucking fresh in everyone's mind. Y- you can basically rewatch the entirety of the first super of uh, a Spider-Man movie just like going through memes on the internet. Like it is that iconic. Um yeah, only 5 years separate Spider-Man 3 from Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, it the- I remember when it when they announced it I was like, "Holy shit, Spider-Man 3 just came out and you're already doing this again like you're not even giving it a healthy decade that that actually gives us a good segue into um sort of talking about like uh because behind each reboot this is this is going to become another overarching uh argument of this podcast behind every reboot there is a contract uh negotiated between a ip holder and a studio um, in this case, I think the the negotiations between like Marvel Studios slash Disney, even pre Disney like MCU Marvel versus like the other uh, subsidiary Marvels, uh, like in this case Sony's 
Marvel properties, which are now trying to be retroactively integrated into the MCU because of this far from home shit, which yeah. is, you know, the, probably it's saving them from like, you know, because Sony, as as we can tell, Sony has no idea what they're fucking doing um, without Sam Raimi on their side. Uh, but yeah, there's a you can you can find this e- in in WikiLeaks. You can find this easily online. It's a uh, leaked like documentation on the restated license agreement between uh, Marvel Stu- Marvel Studios and Sony Entertainment, or at least like Marvel and Sony um, Pictures. Yeah. Um, highlights, highlights include, uh, uh, one of the requirements, and this was, this was like a contract negotiation, negotiated in 2012. Um, so this is, and then this contract was later renegotiated come 2014. So when we get to Civil War, we can finally have Spider-Man in our MCU because Sony rightly was like, well, fuck. <laughs> We're the laughing stock of the entertainment industry. Uh, how do we not go fucking bankrupt? Which, like, when, when is Civil War? Late 2015 or 2016? 2016. Yeah, it's 2016. So it's within two years of Amazing Spider-Man 2 bombing, they they they, they yeah, pretty make a much. conditional surrender and let Marvel have some. Pretty, the, the tale tells itself, but yeah, this, this document uh, says, as a general rule, Sony Pictures Entertainment must a commence production of each uh, Spider-Man movie within three years and nine months after the release of the preceding Spider-Man movie, and b release each pic- each movie within five years and nine months after the release of the preceding movie. Uh, so these these contracts have all like this is this is the rubric. This is the this is the rubric I'm talking about when I say, oh, this is, you know, Kevin Feige handed this uh, director a rubric of, you know, your Spider-Man has to do, do this, 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 because there is a yeah. section of, of and this can't document. can't do this, 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 and that. There is a section of this uh, uh, privileged attorney-client communication, uh, multiple sections, actually, because it's, it's this is legal jargon, so it has to be reiterated. Uh, it's a section titled Character Integrity Obligations. Uh, Marvel, uh, this is, uh, yeah, Marvel as in Marvel, like comics. This is eight, Marvel. Eight pre- simple, eight simple yeah. rules for dating my teenage Spider-Man. Yeah. Marvel no longer has any creative approval rights, but Sony Pictures Entertainment must abide by the following character integrity obligations. A, mandatory Spider-Man character traits. Spider-Man, whether Peter Parker or an alternate alternative Spider-Man character must always strictly conform to the following mandatory character traits. Male does not torture, does not kill unless in defense of self or others, does not use foul language beyond PG-13, does not smoke tobacco, does not sell slash distribute illegal drugs, does not abuse alcohol, does not have sex before the age of 16, does not have sex with anyone below the age of 16. Uh, and and now, this is this is important. I want all of you people to listen to this last uh, obligation. Because um, uh, this, this, was, this was legally required in this uh, negotiation that uh, Spider-Man cannot be a homosexual. She... Unless Marvel has portrayed portrayed that alter ego as a homosexual, 
that See, it, that, it, this is this is that Disney, Marvel, Hollywood liberal wokeism at work. Spider-Man can't fuck. He can't drink. He can't suck a cock. He can't go like, on Epstein's uh, plane. He can't. You can't go to Little St. James Island and, and have. You know, this is what Hollywood is doing to to our culture, and we need to fight back. Yeah. So I. <laughs> In in uh, so if you're listening to this, rail a line and suck talk to to fight against woke woke liberal Hollywood gender. Um, hey, they don't don't say Spider Man can't be trans. Yeah, don't. Yeah, probably because it just didn't occur to them to think about it. Whatever they drafted. Yeah, it didn't say that. It actually (laughs) because it was before 2012, so I mean, they didn't think about it. No, well, this is like I think this was this was a document generated like 2011, so I. Yeah, yeah, like, it wasn't on anybody's was, minds yeah. at all. So maybe legally they were thinking homosexual just is like the the umbrella term for every one of the queer community, which is hilarious. They just weren't thinking about it, right? So like, so like, can he be bisexual? Can he suck a dick if he also eats a pussy? I mean, I can he even, suck a woman's even, dick? That's still heterosexual. Even with Dane DeHaan, like the second one being his, but they have like there's like no chemistry. So I don't know why all these like. 19 year old letterbox fans are like screaming about bisexual spider-man andrew garfield because he wears a hoodie with long sleeves because yeah because he has like good cheekbones this is not my not my peter parker um yeah let's talk let's talk about the biggest the biggest thing like this movie has going against it like compared that really sheds a light on why the mcu like really took off this is casted terribly. Uh, Andrew Garfield is completely fucking wrong. I don't care what he's, anyone he's, says. He's, he's too, completely he's way wrong. Too rectangularly heavy. <laughs> he's too, he looks like a. He looks he's like got a the fucking Chad PlayStation character, man. Like yeah, he like, like he he looks like the guy. He looks like the the guy in the music video for Money for Nothing. <laughs> Wait, let me look that up. The perfectly polygonal fucking head. For nothing, guy. Um, it was it was like one of the first CGI animations like ever made for anything. It was the the money for nothing. Oh god! Oh, <laughs> oh yeah! Oh wait, I know this from the uh, from a uh, uh, UHF. Period. Yeah, he looks like he looks CG <laughs> CG Weird Al. Um, I not to say that I don't think Andrew Garfield is very attractive, which is the problem. He is way too conventionally attractive like you know to toby mcguire is the wrong phenotype or uh physiognomy yeah well toby mcguire was like 26 playing spider-man which you know you you look at toby mcguire and you're like yeah you're not a you're not a high schooler but the way he like carries himself as peter parker fits like you and also you like he has the weak ass chin too which yeah. I, I think adds add something to it i'm I'm sorry to be doing a skull science I have, I on our rewatched podcast. the raimi spider-man movies in a long time i should have done that before i did this you, you should have because they are they are great the second one is literally the yeah. best I mean, Spider-Man. i, I remember them pretty good so i watched them a lot as a kid and even in my teens but and and don't don't get me wrong like we're completely clouded by nostalgia for those but again they are objectively better they are, they superior are just, movies yeah, you know, like um, 
as far as these types of movies go, they're they're among the best um, that they've done. Yeah, uh, it's like so, them, them, and like Batman Returns. Yeah, so like, and again, I'm I'm approaching this as someone who's doesn't care, doesn't read the comics, so I don't know if this is maybe like more in line with the some other writer writer's version of Peter Parker, but like. Admittedly, that Peter Parker's supposed to be like a teenage science dork. He shouldn't be skateboarding. He shouldn't have a poster of like blow up in his bedroom. I think in the comics, he's been like, like he he's been an adult for. I mean, God, there's parallel timeline. Like you'll cut. They do like so many different things at any given time. But I think most of the time, he's mostly been written and depicted as an adult for a really really long time in the comics. Is my understanding. I've only read a little bit of Spider-Man comics. Most of my understanding comes from the 90s cartoon, which was, I think, like the X-Men cartoon of the same era took its story arcs pretty closely from the classic or then contemporary comics. Okay. Um, But like, I think like, that's the thing. Like, I think even if it's not Peter Parker, any kind of version of Spider-Man generally, he should be like a dork. I think that's kind of like core to the Spider-Man idea in fantasy is a dork who then has an extraordinary power and you know, an extraordinary responsibility. Duh. Um, and the problem with the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man is they, they he, he's just, I think, just Mark Webb. I think it's just his projection because he's he's a film geek. He's doing photography on a film camera. He's got a, yeah, he's got a poster of fucking blow up and rear um, window, which and well, rear the rear window. windows in the first one, it's blow up in the second one. So and he, he, he's he, listening he, to, <laughs> to cloying indie music and oh skateboarding God. around industrial wastelands and with his great big hoodie. And it's like, that is a type of guy, but it's not but that Peter type Parker. of guy isn't well, because he, he, they also try to say, Oh, and he's also a science dork. He's got, equations written on the underside of his skateboards that's so no. fucking lame no these are I, I, i'm not saying like i mean okay i'm into film and also kind of interested in science and sci-fi and stuff but like i was never like like they're just if they're because they're trying to make like i think they're trying to because i mean in this is theory, 2012 indie peter parker that's yeah the thing. they're, they're trying funny. to make millennial spider-man <laughs> yeah. right it's generational things so like Tooth, like, Tony Bogar's Spider-Man is, I mean, in theory, like, if you just didn't go, well, it's set in your I mean, he's functionally Gen X Spider-Man. So then yeah, it's just like, what's millennial? Like, yeah. And this is when they get really self-conscious about generations and general hallmarks is around this time. You know, the millennials are the the youth and the 20-somethings, and they're the big market now for everything in this period. So it's like, what's a what's millennial Spider-Man that the kids will be hip to? And it's like, yeah, he's... He he's he's got the the kind of vaguely indie movie mumbly awkward people talking to each other over dialogue and he's I mean like they try to make him awkward but even that's like the it's, wrong it's, kind it, of awkward because again it's just it's, like it's just it, nothing about it it's, it's hard like to explain to make, without seeing it, it just doesn't yeah it, he's just he's, he's the wrong kind of dork yeah um, um also Andrew Garfield was like twenty eight twenty nine playing like a 17 year old yeah, like he's, he's for, as none old of them are like sister. high schoolers like yeah no but he's I mean, like in general but like here it's like just just set it in college for god's sake everything we, about this movie would make more sense everything about these movies would make more sense if they were in college yeah like um, emma stone yeah. is already interning at oscorp and she's like 17 like they, they, it's they a they technical some high school or something vague, yeah big illusion to going to like a science high school for science oh, kids okay so emma stone which yeah is, <laughs> 
I think like I think technical high schools exist, but I don't think they you you, you get shunted right out of them yeah. to like prestigious like engineering jobs at Omni Consumer Products because Oscorp just does it's one of those companies that just does everything. They're just like we're in renewable energy, and we're genetically engineering spiders, and we're building robots, and it's like, and, and, and we're putting eels in a tank for uh, our yeah, uh, autistic black guy well, to, to fall into. I guess their plan was to make everything tie back to Oscorp because yeah, it's like they've got the vulture suit and the rhino suit, yeah, and the doctor octopus the, this, things all yeah, in the their setup for this basement. Third movie that never happens because yeah, Sony Electro bombed. is in the second one. He's bit by by electric eels genetically engineered electric eels it's so um, funny which like i mean that's not any less dumb than being bit, bit by a, a genetically engineered oh, absolutely. spider it's but, all dumb it should but be it's dumb. the idea that like that way, they're that leaning better but it's like they're just like leaning so hard into that everything's a genetically engineered animal thing <laughs> and it all comes from the same company not just from the same company i mean like a lot of stuff is like there's like corporate structures we've got this coming in there but, but like it's all one company under one name in one building like the genetic engineering lab oh my god you're right the, the, the lab that's genetically engineering eels as a power source is right on top of the one doing hydrogen research is right on top of the one yeah that's making flying safe. combat suits that's that's right on top of the one that's genetically engineering spiders they're all doing it in one building. It's like the Umbrella Corporation. No, don't I mean, the Umbrella Corporation has more than one building where they do this stuff. It's, but it's like when you're when your plotting starts to look like Resident Evil and you're not Resident Evil, you've got problems. It's, see also Jurassic World uh, too. Yeah, um, uh, Emma Stone. Um, I'm also. I think a lot of people are also not as at least of our generation are definitely maybe not as familiar with like the Gwen Stacy character as opposed to Mary Jane Watson. Because she died in, like, 1964. <laughs> so, yeah, the big thing, like, spoiler alert, she fucking dies at the end of the second one, but um, I've never which, really which been a fan. Which she's doomed to. If you, if you know anything about Spider-Man, yeah. it's like Gwen Stacy's death is, even if it happened in the comics, like, 50 years ago, and I, I'm sure they revisit it and retcon it and do stuff with it all the time, but um, it's, it's like one of those foundational Spider-Man mythology things is, he failed to save his first girlfriend. And it's kind of built into any depiction of Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, Sans, you know, Sans like the Rain. Right, right alongside. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, Uncle Ben also serves that function in that way. Well, ben, yeah, well, that's the function. But like if Gwen Stacy appears in any depiction of Spider-Man, you know she has to die. That's her point. That's the whole point of Gwen Stacy. Yeah. Um, uh, is that she dies. Uh, anyways, yeah, I've never been a big fan of emma stone i kind of think she does like the same thing and everything um i i especially don't think she deserved to win an oscar for la la land um she she or was that not the or the or the kids choice award she won for amazing spider-man 2 that was bullshit <laughs> that was absolute bullshit um so i i, I i'm she's a fine actress she's okay but like uh my main problem is it's it's she shouldn't be blonde she just like, she's just like a redhead. Like she should always just be an, a redhead. Yeah, it's like it's like when Lindsay Lohan went blonde, and everyone know, was like, right? "That's weird." I feel it's, like it's Emma which, Stone is like when when Lindsay Lohan went off the rails like a person. They Emma Stone just like they just slaughtered her right into that same spot. She kind they kind of do look a little bit alike when you yeah. when. 
Um, but but also, yeah, Hotter is a redhead. I, even if it's not, even if she's not naturally a redhead, Hotter is a redhead. Um, also, man. like the first movie, she's just wearing like stripper go-go boots the whole time, and like a mini skirt. She's dressed like a she's she's dressed like she's in a fucking Scooby Doo cartoon. Yeah, she she she's she's a secretary in Mad Men. Yeah, so that Kinda, was all the time, which is which is hilarious because the movie like takes place in like 2012 so this would have been this would have been my senior year of high school and no one dresses like no one was she's the daughter of a cop but also a type a overachiever at a prestigious technical high school who's got an internship at uh a giant prestigious corporation already but then she also dresses like like both like like this but that's that's the thing with a lot of movies with high schoolers is they're all costumed by professional costume designers so they all look way nicer than they should. I hold on. So let me <laughs> let me let me this I I want to talk about this for a second because when it comes to like teenage costuming or like you know you're watching a movie and they're showing you high schoolers you go one or two ways. You either go like the completely idealistic looks 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 route a la like uh heathers mean girls euphoria like you know yeah these girls can't fucking afford like a chanel handbag or like this you know straight off the runway skirt but it looks cute and it fits their character and this is this is fiction which is like go off honey that's that's fine or you do it like you really commit and have just like a bunch of teenagers walking around in like uh fucking crocs uh uh sought like snoopy socks uh basketball shorts yeah yeah (laughs) teenagers dress one of two ways which is like complete shit or trying to be fashionable but because you're like 16 like going way off the rails like eclectic and and outrageous um that's kind of the two flavors teenagers come in is like no yeah, style, style or no completely off the wall and unrestrained. Yeah. Like, you know, and which yeah. makes high school like really funny to look at because you see like a kid who who looks like Jeff Lebowski and then you see a kid dressed like a character from Naruto and, <laughs> and then you see a girl who's like trying to cobble together a runway outfit out of stuff she dragged out of her mom's closet and it's, you know. Yeah, but they're because um, they're, they're aiming for verisimilitude. I think with this movie, I mean, that's which why is they get, the like, problem. An indie also. director guy and the the talking over each other, mumbly, awkward, is supposed to be endearing dialogue, and it's like, but they also. I mean, that's the thing is with this whole movie is they 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 want to do something different, but the Sam Raimi movies were successful, so they can't actually do anything too different. So they just want to be like very superficially different, but also the same. But also like updated for the hip young audience that, you know, watched all the movies before and grew up with them and uh remembers them like you know, and they're like, aimed that way that, yeah. that movie was aimed at like us and people slightly younger at that time. Yeah. And it was like, well, I mean, what movie do you think we were watching when we were ten? I know. Like, <laughs> like, who are you fooling? Like, I mean, like, oh, finally, a, everyone, a, a literally Peter, everyone a, a had Peter a VHS who, who copy of Spider-Man. To the Weeping literally. Willows or whatever, right? Oh, my God. So there's, yeah, in the first movie, like, 
I we also got to talk about the music in the first movie. Um, yeah, James Horner. Also, what like, the fuck any, were you thinking? Any, any teenager who actually would have a blow up poster and a rear window poster <laughs> is not yeah. showing up for a fucking Spider Man movie. Yeah, no, they're you know, that's they're, not the same they're, crowd. They're, they're gonna be like extremely. <laughs> they get that's the crowd that gets like bored watching like Psycho or something. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, the music in the first movie is bad. <laughs> but again, I think Mark Webb is just like this is his idea of like, oh, what's what's an awkward misfit teenager like? Well, he's like me, and he's this artsy, sensitive, five percent emo guy. I don't know. That's my guess. I don't know for sure, but I feel like you see a character who's a film nerd in a movie; they're a projection of the director. <laughs> do Do you think Mark Webb also told James Horner to make the like worst? Uh, stupidest, most like tonally deaf score he could, like fake I, ass a Danny Elfman. Yeah, I yeah, think it's he like said B, at one point. B Danny Elfman, I think you know. B like, Danny, Dan, Elf- Danny Elfman again, or like a cat we just like you just like let like walk across a keyboard. Basically. It's really baffling. Like <laughs> just like Stooges music at one point, where it's, the music comes in and how much it doesn't fit the action. Like it's. It's not just like unmemorable, but it's like actively jarring. Um, like, like especially, we, it's. I think that that especially that the part where um, like Flash is fucking around with him in the gym, and he's you know with the with yeah the when basketball. It, when it, again, and, yeah, it tries to be Daddy Elfman whimsical, and it and the movie is so so um, straightforward. Like this first one is so desaturated in how it's shot too, and how yeah. straight it tries to play everything. That it like is especially jarring. Um, it's like oh, it's like they just like imported the score from a completely different movie. It's really weird. Uh, yeah, I re- so yeah. If uh, at least the the second one, uh, the second one has a much better score, which I actually liked. Uh, but let's who who provided uh, the score for the Amazing Spider Man two? Oh, okay. So and, the score for two. This is this interesting. Is Hans Zimmer and the Magnificent Six. And who are the Magnificent Six? It's uh, a guy from Incubus, a guy from the Eurythmics, uh, Johnny Marr from the Smiths, Junkie XL, uh, the the Dutch like trance musician, um, and Pharrell Williams. <laughs> Pharrell. And it's it's a pretty decent score. There's their, a couple their music, weird choices, but um, yeah, there's like, inter- it like dub- it's very dubstep fails, it's kind of interesting. Oh, it's very it's, of the era too, yeah. But it's, it's very of the era, but um, it's, it's I mean it's they, better. They give Electro uh, Jamie Foxx that movie his a theme, and they there's some weird moments where like the score, which is I'll give him credit at least it's like different, it's experimental a little bit, where the score is like quasi diegetic, like it 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 incorporates the sound effects of what's happening in the action, or it's like like they give Electro a theme song, and the theme song includes like. What are supposed to be like the voices in his head going, Oh, Spider Man betrayed you. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to the It's really funny if you hear it. It's like really overwrought. Um I hope we can have an excerpt of uh Electro's yeah, theme there gonna... with the voices because it's quite funny.
uh, like talking about the first one really is like a bummer because but we, it's just we have nothing, to set up but, what the second one yeah. tries to do and we need to talk about well we need to talk about the villain and we need to talk about Dennis oh, Leary. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, we forgot. Uh totally forgot to mention Dennis Leary who and we're, I think we're, might we're, be the we're only the Dennis decent Leary thing. in this cuz we just want some <laughs> Spider-Man flavored Spider-Man. We just yeah. Yeah, how many Guys, guess how many times I referenced that joke when we were watching this? Like 12. Like 12 times. I'm te- this Yeah, Stu's like regretting this cuz uh he's learning on like a terrible you've, person you've to never, watch I don't think you've with. ever actually heard Dennis Leary do comedy, so you don't I've no. o- I really only fucking know him from Ice Age. <laughs> I see. Can't have one of your own, so you want to adopt. I suggest you watch your back, because I'll be chewing on it. Then the hungry tiger ate the pesky little kids. <laughs> Excuse me, I am not the song. He's okay, only so really yeah, ever you didn't, been- like, I made yeah. a joke about the asshole song, and you didn't even know what I was doing. I'm an I make handicapped faces because I'm an asshole. Yeah, Dennis Leary is uh, Gwen Stacy's cop dad, uh, and and he he dies in the first one, and then he comes back as a ghost in the second one, and and causes Peter Parker to have some issue like reservations about dating. Oh, he is his. Uh, soon he's to be dead cop, teenage daughter. He's a cop dad that hates Spider-Man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, when Spider-Man yeah. eventually shows up halfway through the movie. He hates Spider-Man <laughs> and they have a little back and forth about the legit... Because all these movies have to have like a little go nowhere, make no point, say nothing dialogue about the legitimacy of vigilantism. You know, like they have to address the issue, but obviously they can't actually say anything substantively about it. So you just get that like pretend gesturing, but um, he he dies attempting he dies in theory heroically at the end of uh, the first movie and is like, "Promise me you'll protect my daughter," <laughs> which means uh, don't don't, date my don't daughter. get her killed doing your Spider Man yeah, bullshit. Which <laughs> um, and so the whole second movie, it's like he keeps just seeing. He'll just like look, and then there's just Dennis Leary kind of staring mournfully at him, just just digitally <laughs> copied and pasted out of an episode of uh, Rescue Me or something. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess that's supposed to be like because you know what these movies are. I realized is they are I- as much as they still kind of film the action in a Sam Raimi way. As much as the second one tries to bring back uh, a goofier sense of humor and everything. Um, yeah, which I mean, every, most of what's funny in that movie is not intentionally funny. Um, it's it's still they're also trying to be the Nolan Batman movies. Mm-hmm. Very one is Batman Begins. We don't see we we don't get any Spider Man for an hour of the movie. Uh, it's it's tried to be very focused on the drama, a little more in theory grounded, um, and be like, oh, is yeah. It, I, I mean, like the 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 dichotomy of like. How much can you save people? Your personal life, or your—I mean—that's always that's part of what makes Spider-Man interesting. But Mr. Yeah, fucking Uncle Ben doesn't die until halfway through. Yeah, it, they, they drag everything. They drag like it's, they, they, they take everything that everything happens out. in the first act of this Raimi Spider-Man and drag it out to like two to three times as long. 
and they think that dragging it out is adding depth, but it's just making it tedious and redundant. Because yeah. there's there's no it's longer, but there's not any additional substance. It's just like it's just like taking the same amount of stuff and making just, me sit through more of it, yeah. except not interesting. Oh yeah, we forgot. It's, it's like taking a JPEG bed. and like expanding yeah. it, but it's still just as much visual it, it, like expanding it like the uh, fat suit. I'm assuming. Mark, uh, Martin Sheen wore as Uncle Ben because no, I, he's just an old man who looks like he that. looks. He looks like Roger Ebert. Like he has Roger even Ebert. Even in like, he's giblet. an old man. How old was he? he must have been. He must have been like thirty. I mean, yeah, I know now, he's an old. Right? I know he's an old ass man, but like he looked bloated and awful. What happens when you get ha- old? <laughs> you get yeah, bloated. He would have been like okay. He would have been like he was a bloated seventy nine years young. At the time of filming, um, oh, and there's that one part where he like goes in the base and he's just there's oh, just remembered because I I forcefully blocked this out of my brain. There are a lot of like weird foot shots in the first movie. Like there's a shot of uh, Uncle Ben uh, Martin Sheen uh, walking around like the dirty, disgusting, like uh, wet basement and bare feet. There are a lot of foot shots of Andrew Garfield. Um, who directed this? Wait, Quentin Tarantino. Was I calling him Michael Sheen? I meant to say Martin Sheen. It's Martin Sheen. I fucked that Martin up. Martin Sheen. I... That's President Kennedy. You idiot. Do you know the Grand- the Goonies? I I do, but I haven't seen it in a long time. Uh, <laughs> uh, Miguel, please insert that clip. That uh, that clip from the Goonies lives rent free in my mind. Hey, Miles, what year was that map made? Oh, I don't know. Probably a couple hundred years before. Oh, wow. President Lincoln. George Washington, uh, Martin Sheen. Martin, Martin Sheen. Sheen. That's President Kennedy, you idiot. Was well, that different? I mean, he played Kennedy once. Yeah, Martin Sheen. Okay, so Martin Sheen was born in 1940. He's older than my grandma. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He, so he's, he, an old, he's so, an old so he's, guy. He, he's he's 72 in that movie. Like, what the hell do you want? Okay. Well. Uh, anyways, yeah, he he sucks in it. Uh, Sally Sally Field, who has two Oscars, she just kind of she just spends the entire runtime in each of those movies, like staying up and waiting for Peter to come home until she gets like a job, kinda in the second one that doesn't have any like payoff or whatnot. She's just like at a hospital. Um. Oh, and our villain. Uh, lizard. The lizard. Lizard. Yeah, he's the lizard. Basically, I mean, basically X- as Xbox he is in the comic. Uh, terrible fight boss. Yeah, graphics and, and awful. Delgo. Literally looks like Delgo. Basically, as he is in the comic, he's a scientist that lost a limb, and he wants to regenerate limbs with lizard science, and then it turns him into a lizard. And then he tries to do the Magneto in the first X Men movie thing, where he turns it, he puts a machine on top of uh, Oscorp Tower. Because everything has to happen at that fucking building um, and tries to turn all of Manhattan into lizards. He, he even like this is so sweet. So he has a thing where he's like dousing cops with lizard gas to make oh, them yeah. into lizards. <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, Spider-Man puts um, liquid nitrogen in the in the in the in the in the in the plot machine and it undoes all the lizards. But the lizard cops never do anything. We see them turning into lizards, and then at the end of the movie, it's fixed, and there's no like lizard cop fights or chaos in between. At least yeah, that I remember. Yeah, ha- nothing. Which nothing was like comes of it. 
Yeah, which I mean, maybe they cut it for pacing reasons, but that's like just just running away from any potentially interesting ramification and then contriving a way to undo it at the end. Um, but oh, right. To, in pursuant of my earlier point, this movie's Batman Begins, and then two is The Dark Knight Rises, where it's like Spider Man's willingness to be Spider Man is tested, and his girlfriend dies. Um, you know, but he's a symbol of hope. Yeah, for the people of New York City, because a small child dressed in a Spider Man costume stares down uh, a oh, fucking God, Metal Gear. Um. I forgot and everyone's about like, that. He's such a brave God, kid. Damn. It's like, no, he's an idiot. He's a was that a was special that the needs I, like, child started, that like, has wanted punching my desk at. I yeah. know there was, yeah, yeah. I that mean, the, the Iron Man two has that also with the kid with the little Iron Man who's actually reckoned to be Peter Parker. <laughs> oh fuck me, right? Yeah, who's like gonna stare down the bad guy? And it's like, yeah. Why? I mean, I get they put these things in for the kids who are watching, but it's like. What are we telling children that you should like wander in, in front of dangerous people? <laughs> Just like, stand in the like, middle of the road. Like, Get no, hit. these are like, and I mean, like, no child would do this in real life. No child's like, I am Spider Man. It's like, no, you're, no child is that stupid. They run away from big, scary adults, generally speaking. <laughs> um, you know, nobody, yeah. nobody thinks their, their little Iron Man toy is actually going to laser blast the bad guy. Like, it's just I hate I just hate writing children that way where they're both unbelievably precocious and outrageously stupid because children aren't like that ever. It's not a realism thing. It's just a cloying fucking condescending adult hack writer thing. Up the wall, uh, up the wall, well, pet peeve. That's that's a good segue. Speaking of writer hacks, uh, because I'm I'm done talking about this first movie. Uh so can we talk about Sp- uh, Amazing wait, wait, Spider-Man two? Before we do, did, is there anything else we missed from the first one? No, um, it it's it literally doesn't the deserve complete lack of chemistry me. between even oh yeah, even though they were Garfield. dating off screen. Um, uh, and, yeah, um, whatever. Uh, uh, the the lizard is not played by James Spader. Yeah. And oh yeah, he, I just I also had a bit where it's like I'm. Very tired of like it's been a thing in like movies and even video games for like ten to fifteen years. Every monster just kind of looks like vaguely like an orc in everything, like yeah. whether they're like zombie guys or the the guys in Prometheus or uh, uh, that that game Outrun or whatever. They're just big, vaguely orc-looking guys in everything all the time, and it's a super boring design. And they're they they and they're always just like muted color tones and embellished with a bunch of little details that that just make them more confusing like that 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 that, that leave them absent distinguishing or interesting characteristics. Just I don't know. It's like it's like everybody forgot how to design monsters. Yeah. Well, no, no people who work on movies and video games like forgot how to design interesting monsters. At yeah, some point. like I'm I'm not kidding when I say I don't the fucking why. lizard looks like Delgo. And he really does. <laughs> Delgo on roids, man. <laughs> Delgo on roids. Major um, League Baseball Delgo. Uh, to go back to my earlier uh, my earlier segue, speaking of hack writers, uh, two of the four writers of uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 are notorious hack duo Alex Kurtzman and Roberto Orsi, uh, who have written some of the worst blockbusters 
uh, uh, the they did the Transformers movies. They they've done like the Star Trek movies. They did uh, the JJ uh, Abrams fucking, Star Trek movie. Yeah, uh, they they're notoriously hacks. Um, as any any episode of like half of the bag that covers a movie they did will like tell you. Um, d- but despite that, this Amazing Spider-Man two, it's bad. But it is a whole lot more enjoyable to watch than that first one. Uh, oh fuck! We got to talk about his parents. And we can talk. We could. Yeah, that's our. Well, the yeah. parents are also doing. Yeah. Well, the opening of the second movie is basically like a continuation of the opening scene in the first movie, where yeah, his parents. Yeah, are doing his some parents drop him off. Science shit. Aunt and Aunt May and Uncle Ben, with Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben. <laughs> Where he just eats syrup and rice every day, and they fuck off and disappear. And he's always like, "Who are my parents? What were they doing? Yeah. What is the big?" And this is this it, is that this is that bullshit. J.J. Abrams, Kurtzman, fucking mystery box plotting, where you always have some overhanging mystery or question, and there's no like the process of solving the mystery is never well thought out. It's just the mystery. The next clue just appears when the plot needs it without any kind of interesting investigative process. And it never makes sense. It's just the idea is just, well, if there's something the audience doesn't know that they're invested in, they'll keep being strung along. Um, same with what they do with those fucking Star Wars movies. Like, oh, who are Ray's parents? It's like, who gives a shit? And this is the same thing with Peter Parker. Oh, who are his parents? What mysterious shit were they doing? How are they his involved with were- genetically <laughs> engineering spiders? Yeah. Um, God, who cares? But it's like. They they set it up in this movie and then it kind of fizzles off and like disappears in the back half. And yeah, they bring it back in the end. for for two just for it again to kind of fizzle out and disappear halfway through the movie and not matter. Yeah. So the second um, movie the second movie opens with a continuation of the that like opening scene of the first movie, which is uh they, they had to fuck off to a plane somewhere, uh, to upload some secret files and then they were killed and had to go down with the yeah they plane have, they have after... to put the files they have to email the files before the to, plane to, crashes and that's your big tension is like his, the file uh, uploading before the plane slams into the yeah, ocean they had like, to email the files to like peter's dad's secret to, to subway his secret, laboratory his secret lab in a subway car that's hidden in, in an elevator hidden compartment in a secret subway station that fdr used to use to 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 hide the fact that he was in a wheelchair from the public which is like where did this guy get the contract and i mean like like look i know it's not that i want to be like mr cinema sins guy but it's two things one some things are so stupid relative to the reality of the movie they're in that they stretch credibility past the baking point two a good enough movie will get you invested enough that you don't think about it or don't care. And this is not a good enough movie to get you invested to not think about how could this fucking rando scientist build a secret lab in a disused subway station without someone knowing about it or noticing? Why would he build a secret lab? Like it doesn't. And why would he upload a video? And like, like of all the secret data, the only thing we actually see in the movie is just like a video where he goes, I miss my son, and I'm sorry I have I, to do secret dad things. And I won't be there like, to throw the you, pigskin around with him. And you can just, like, why didn't you just send, like, you sent that video to the secret lab no one will ever find. 
Why don't you just send that to your son? Yeah, it has no. There's no emotional like gain to but be again, like the, the, gotten the mystery- out of it is just in service of the idea that it keeps the audience interested in its resolution, but its actual thematic or plot logic doesn't matter. And, and, yeah, that's, and a, just that's the way a lot way of these movies are written now, where uh, you know they have the character beats they want to hit, and the things they think will keep the audience curious, and um, everything else, the internal logic of the characters, the logic of the world, the, the logic of the plot... Um, all of it is just bent in a pretzel until it snaps in service of this bullshit fucking seminar on screenwriting hack nonsense. Yeah, it's hate. it's it's and, like and that is so contemptuous of its yeah, audience. It's like they they wrote like certain like this is a thing I want to happen. They all wrote those down on postcards and yeah, they they wrote their fucking around. outline. With yeah. and not not even outline of like plot events, but an outline of things they things wanted. that the things that will get the that things that they think yeah. the audience will respond to, and then it just it doesn't matter how flimsy the shit holding it together is, as long as it's just exciting action. It says, "Well, just keep the audience excited enough; they won't think about it." It's like I think about it, and I want to be rewarded for thinking about it. God damn it! Like I'm not talking about like these movies got to be sci-fi novels, but like look at Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park for being a spectacle about seeing dinosaurs stomping around is, is a really well-constructed screenplay Yes, that you, you watch the movie again and there's little moments you didn't notice before and there's foreshadowing and, and it's very rewarding and things plot and theme and character wise connect in logical ways that give the movie kind of substance and integrity that make it, make it a movie you can watch more than once without it falling apart. Um, you know, like when we talk about the death of the modern blockbuster, it's like that just basic level of craftsmanship is it's gone almost is, is very rarely ever on display anymore. And it's very frustrating. Um, you know, like none of these movies hold up when you watch them outside the that 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 like outside the context of being really hyped up to see it that first time in a theater with friends or whatever. None of these movies ever hold up. No, they just 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 even at like that basic level of being engaging entertainment, they just they're made of uh, paper mache and cotton candy, um, and it's because the people making them have zero respect for their audience or the craft of film. Uh, you know, not even not not even highfalutin art, just craft, just just basic. I'm gonna make a chair that you can sit in, and it doesn't snap underneath the weight of your ass. Um. um Wait, before we before we move on fully into Spider-Man 2, I I think this is this is we do got to bring this bit back uh reading uh ungodly high rated letterbox reviews of this movie. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is uh this is one There's idiots is, out there that think this movie's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh there's this this I think we've read the uh there's one this was like from when it was like in theaters this was a fresh response uh this this person is still active on Letterbox but uh it, it's like a multi paragraph long fucking four star review and uh at one point he uh says that the guy who plays uh a lizard is the most sympathetic villain since Doc Ock. 
how how dare you? Uh, Sally he's, Field he's, and Martin Sheen play Aunt May and Uncle Ben as real people, as opposed to ideal grandparent caricatures from the first film. The f- oh, because they have that that old couple cutesy bickering, I guess. Uh, I mean, Uncle Ben's even more a like fount of uh, uh, a proverb, wise proverbs. In this, in these movies, than he was before. Uh, here's another four stars. Uh, the scene where Peter skateboards slash tests his powers in an abandoned warehouse after asking Gwen out while Coldplay plays in the background. Literally, literally, Coldplay is playing. Um, it fills me with such inexplicable happiness. I love this film so much. Oh, that's what it, a sad it, existence. It's amazing that these people can post these uh, reviews. That the the drool coming out of their mouths hasn't doesn't short circuit their laptops. Yeah, or they it's, I mean they're mostly just rating this high because they really want to lick uh, Andrew Garfield's like armpits or they they want to do Emma Stone's hair with him. Yeah, they, which which I, I assume is some sort of sex act involving ice cubes. <laughs> um, can we can we please talk about? This? The second one, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Funny. Because well, I we had, we had we to deal with the parents. Thing. Fox. We need to talk about Jamie Fox and Paul Giamatti. Yeah, yeah. Who, Paul, who do we start Paul with? Giamatti with his who do we really start with? excellent. Well, Paul Giamatti's just kind of in the first and last few minutes of the movie. Um, he's the the rhino. He's, <laughs> he's well, yeah. He's some Russian mobster, and then at the very end of the movie, tracksuit for the denouement. He he shows up in in. Uh, the rhino suit, which is not just a suit that a strong guy wears. It's it's like a shaped like, like a, a rhino. It's it's like a metal gear or a, a, a battle tech mecha or something. Yeah, or, or, yeah. or it's like a Power Rangers mech. Kind of. Uh, yeah, it's more like one of the industrial. One of the pieces. Than, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's like a slav and with a barbed wire uh, tattoo across with his a barbed head. wire bolt. He's like evil Matt Chrisman, basically evil Kush bomb. <laughs> Um, and his, his Russian accent is so bad that I thought he was just at first just doing a bad New York accent. Um, Paul Giamatti, great fucking actor. Uh, he's, he's definitely intentionally hamming it up here, but it's like no one else except for Jamie Foxx is hamming, hamming it up on that level. Uh, yeah, Jamie Foxx is really committed to his weird ass performance of this, um, nonsensical character uh whoa look who's here spidey how was your morning aces man aces i've been out saving the world protecting everybody but is someone celebrating a birthday today that's why you're here you remember my birthday <laughs> All the crime fighting you've been doing, and all of a sudden you take time out to come visit little old me, Max. It's, it's amazing to... But of course you would. Why wouldn't you visit me? We're best friends. What are you doing? You made me a cake? People don't get a chance to see these small, kind things that you do for people. I, I know what they say about you in the press, but it doesn't matter to me because I know the real you. Because you're amazing. He said it! He said it! Wow. That's what the press needs. They should call you the amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, there it is! There it is! You like that, Spidey? I like it a lot, Max. 
good. Because today is going to be amazing. Oh, that's why they call it that. <laughs> he's, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, so, he's going for it. He's going so, for it. Oh, God. I'm just like, I think, <laughs> I think as, as soon as the camera cuts Jamie Foxx, like, just like, with, I think with it's his like a butt hard teeth butt. and goofy hair. Like, goofy he looks a little hair, like I, a skinny like, just, Wesley like, Willis. out because I like it, it, like, it was like someone kicked me in the stomach from like laughing so hard. Um, this is like it, nine years after he won an Oscar. It, that's the, that's all it takes for you to go from like the most respected like actor in the world, um, you know, someone who is like synonymous with swag and shit, I guess. Uh, and and you just turn him into <laughs> he's he oh my god it's it's just a ridiculous like it, it's a it's a it's so ridiculous that it's it's like well, they, the they just they try to the make him like for me the most comical possible loser but he's also like he's a blurred kind of autistic but he's also like kind of schizophrenic and kind of an art like they just kind of throw everything at him and it's not very coherent and also he's like bullied at work the same way like a kid is bullied at high school but he's like an engineer like he's an engineer doesn't get credit for his ideas but he's also like living in a shitty apartment where the power goes up it's like you're an engineer at a prestigious company you're doing okay yeah, where's the You're where's not, that plot? That should be his motivating plot. Not that like, uh, it's, Peter it's not Parker like he's remembered the janitor, his name. It's, it's not like he's the janitor and they stole his. Like, yeah, that doesn't. His resentment at his job yeah. is very tertiary. The main thing is Spider Man ran into him on the street and gave him a little pep talk, and he's and just he's, been clinging to that ever yeah, since. He claims he claims that Spider Man saved him, which is like yeah, oh yeah, stopped him from. He took him out of the way of a car. As someone who takes an interaction um, and blows it up into idealized proportions which is a very uh very like internet oddest kind of trait so that was at least kind of interesting to watch in the context of this movie they've got too many different they've like i said they've kind of thrown everything at him though where he's like a like a genius misunderstood scientist and he's bullied and he's a loser but he's also an engineer at this job but also they treat him like dirt in like a way that's just like comical like we're all going to the office party except you max you stay here and and fix the gigawatt generator or whatever um yeah like like it's it's so arbitrary but then it's like his (laughs) his main motivation once he gets electricity powers is he is he 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 you know starts kind of losing it with his power and spider-man shows up and tries to talk him down then the cops try and shoot him and then he hates Spider-Man because Spider-Man hit him with a hose. And then uh, his well, motivation uh, well, is just also, killing Spider-Man and destroying the world so everyone knows what it's... Cause, but it's also like, it's like, I want everyone to notice me and no one yeah. sees me. And I want the whole world to live in darkness so they know what it's like to be me. And then the whole, <laughs> like, being exploited and taken advantage of at work thing, which is, like, the more interesting, better motivation, is set aside for this, like, really flimsy depiction of, like, stalker narcissism that's also schizophrenia i guess they just i don't know it's just too 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 many ideas at once and then none of them are well defined and then the execution is so bad comical um yeah the way the way electro looks like 
It, oh, he looks like, like shitty Doctor Manhattan. Like shit. He it it looks like a face app. Yeah, uh, it's it just like like I if I were Jamie Fox, I would have been furious. Like that's what I look like. That's what you made me look like. It's it's comical. And then he gets the uh, like bar the power bar on the side of his head. Oh yeah, they they when they capture him, they do they take him to like a facility that so it's like I think it's Fort Clinton on Manhattan, but it's it's like I guess this take on the Spider-Man universe is equivalent of Arkham Asylum, but also Oscorp owns it and they use it to do human experiments. Yeah. Because everything has to tie back o- to Oscorp, Oscorp is at supposed every to be their, fucking like, possible Stark Industries, the overarching yeah. cuz that's what these things have to have. Now, I guess. And, and 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 it's and it's like they do human experiments on them and they they have like a guy doing like a bad Doctor Strange love named Doctor Oh Kafka my god, that's for right. All of 5 minutes in the movie. And oh, they're, yeah, they're right. electrocuting like, a guy made of electricity, which seems like a great idea. And but they put a little like battery meter in his head so that yeah. at the end of the movie, we can see it go into the red and, and see him like overcharge and explode. So we can have like a health, like a fucking health bar, like a video game, just in case the audience is like really stupid. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then like, our other villain is. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. We forgot a uh, sick and dying who. I'm, Dane I'm sorry, Dane DeHaan, Chronicle. He, he's in the, he he's on the uh, quadrant. He's in the quadrant. Nicole's uh, like X Y axis, because uh, he he very much looks like he's always sick and dying. Because the mm, those those under eye bags, um, and it turns out he's kind of sick and dying. In the he's got he's got <laughs> goblin aids. So but, so there's a hereditary <laughs> disease in the Osborne family. I it guess. turned his dad into a literal green goblin on his deathbed. <laughs> and now Cooper. he's got it. Academy and he's starting to get skin. And he's starting to get skin lesions. But here's like his his dad he like says, Oh, it started when I was your age. But he dies in his mid sixties. Yeah. And he looks normal until like a year before the movie starts. But then Dane DeHaan is like twenty. He says he's twenty. And he's starting to get this disease and already he's getting skin lesions and shit. And he's like, I'm gonna die any minute. I need to do experiments on myself to turn myself into the hobgoblin so the plot can yeah happen. and even then at the climax when he like turns into a, a moldy soundcloud rapper uh he he at the end, he still reverts back at the end so he still looks like it's, normal so it's like it's what? like he says it comes and goes so i guess it's like like it's like oh, well that, he's, that just sounds he's like evil uh, he'll look evil when he's device. evil and he'll look less evil when he's not evil Bullshit. Um, but he's also like He's the one that lets Electro out of jail because, oh, yeah, he asks, he's like, hey, Peter Parker, who was my childhood best friend and we haven't seen By each other way, in eight years, but we're immediately bros again. And also, I'm going to try and bang your girlfriend. Um, I, I I know you know Spider-Man because you took a picture of him once. Uh, I, I need Spider-Man's <laughs> I need to cure, I need to to cure myself. Blood and come. For, for no reason, I need, we've decided I need Spider-Man's because- we need these things that sound thematically deep, even though they're really stupid, to create nonsensical reasons for characters to well, hate I, each other I think, and fight. I, I think the, and then the Spider-Man's just like, you can't have is... my blood. It's too dangerous. Well, and then he's the... like, I'm going to kill Spider-Man and destroy Manhattan. Well, because what these these movies are trying to set up is that like Peter's parents are the ones that like created or at least had a hand in creating like the the genetically engineered spider or like the oh, venom that was used to yeah there's make like Spider-Man a, re- and a reanimator juice yeah that 
is the reason for everything in all of these. Like every villain is created by the reanimator juice either directly Morgan or because someone said. put it in an animal and then the animal bit somebody. Yeah. Um, so, um, so I guess when Craven the hunter shows up, he'll have been bitten by like a genetically engineered like go daddy executive who hunts elephants. Um, oh, man. There we go. I that's I I know exactly the kind of guy we're talking about. Too. Um, he, he was he was he was bitten by by Eric Trump was a victim of human experiments, and then he bites a guy, and and that guy becomes Craven the Hunter. I mean, there is a Craven the Hunter movie that's going to come out like within the yeah, next like five years. Sony's just de- Sony Sony's really thinks they desperate. can make a separate franchise just out of standalone spider-man villain movies um, um yeah dane DeHaan is also not very good as an actor he's terrible um, he's fucking awful he, he's a pretty he's a very pretty face in, in, a, in a movie uh, where all the performances really are none of the performances are very good he stands out as especially bad like just really flat and he, unconvincing he he looks i don't i i feel like he's he's also just one of those people who like as opposed to like Andrew Garfield, who I'm like, I don't. You're like 30 years old. I don't buy you as a high school senior. He's Dane born. DeHaan he's born in looks, 1983. Dane DeHaan would like looks more like what Peter Parker should look like in my mind than Andrew Garfield does. Like Dane DeHaan, like can pass for much younger. Um, like, but so it's he's just. It's just, it's so funny watching this, like, little Aryan uh, boy who is suffering from terrible insomnia, just in this, like, suit at the top of this, yeah, he like, he does have kind board. of a Hitler haircut. He does. He's got kind of, like, the white nationalist uh, Hitler youth haircut. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Um, it's, it's, yeah, he, even, even he's casted wrong. Um, you know, not trying to, not trying to say, like, you know, uh, like I, I'm not, I'm not like I'm not excusing Dane DeHaan at all because I think he has a pretty face because he's he is pretty awful in this. Um, but yeah, Harry Harry Osborne just Dane, Dane DeHaan should be seen and not heard. <laughs> he should be seen and not heard. There we go. Um, yeah, and then his whole resolution to the story is set up for a third movie that was never made. Because this the second one yeah, bombed he's, so bad. He's gonna be from in prison, he's gonna be masterminding the creation of other villains to stick on Spider-Man. Yeah, so there's um, a, a tease at the very end where uh some Oscorp uh mook is walking past like the vulture's wings, there's Doc Ock's octopus arms, and then the rhino's like armor. So it's oh you're the things to come. And it's so it's such a funny like little moment because it's like oh you guys you guys were really thinking we're gonna make a third one like as if you're as if your asses weren't gonna like negotiate at the table with Disney like a year or two later like uh, fuck we got our shit hacked over the fucking James Franco Seth Rogen North Korea movie I don't need my father I am strong. <laughs> We should we should have him on the pod, Kim Jong Un. Yeah, that'd be a get. That that would um, be a, a big get. Um, do we want to talk more about Gwen Stacy's hilarious? Uh, yeah. So death? this 
well, let's talk about her overall. So the first movie, she's just kind of there. Well, I guess her dad dies, and they they kind of dispense with the her not knowing he's Spider Man pretty quickly, which like that's fine. I'm fine with that. I get bored yeah, with that. I have no problem my girlfriend with that. doesn't know about secret identity thing pretty quick, but then but the movie no ends and Spider Man's like, I can't be with you because you might die. And then this movie begins and they're, they're he's kind of being chad and flirty. But yeah. then five minutes in the movie, we go back to, I can't be with you because you yeah, might because die. He saw Dennis and then Leary's she's like, ghost. no, I break up with you because you break up with me. Um, and then they get back together. And then it's like, oh, she shows up and does something useful in the plot. And then, and then, yeah, she she just drives right into the middle of the superhero fight and is like, I'm going to be part of your life. I have no superpowers, but I'm going to get right in the middle of this fight and lecture you. Um, unfortunately, the villain will be passed out just long enough for me to do that. Yeah, and then Dane DeHaan, all gross and in his hobgoblin costume, shows up. <laughs> he, he waits for the other superhero fight to end to show up very, yeah, very nicely. Yeah, very considerate of him. Uh, and then he swoops her up and just kind of flying around with her. Well, Spider-Man just kind of shoots webs at him and misses. Um, and then, yeah, drops her down a ridiculously, like, steampunk fantasy clock tower that's also at a power plant for some reason. Yeah, a lot of these, a lot of these movies feel like like Xbox, PS3 cutscenes. They really do, yeah. And then, yeah, he's just like, she falls, and then a gear breaks, then she stops, and she falls again. Like, it's like they tease it out. It's like, you know it's going to happen. She's going to fall, you can hit her with yeah. her web, she's going to snap her neck. But they, like, keep teasing it and then not doing it until it just becomes comedy it, it feels like a joke yeah and then the, um, the the web turns into like a hand it turns into a hand when, when she finally falls for the fatal time he shoots the web and it goes slowly at the, the end of it becomes a hand reaching out for her and then yeah it catches her but she, it catches she her but just in time for her to slam late, her head yeah. into yeah, the concrete um not that just, there's any blood or anything cool Evastone just looks like she's no. sleeping it's 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 completely absurd, um, and and completely doesn't work as intended. But like the whole it's movie, so, it's like soap opera. The the movie starts with her giving her valedictorian speech, and it's all about like, oh, Leo, life is short, and <laughs> and and, it, and it's finite, and that's what makes it precious. I'm going to die. I'm going to die, and I'm going to say some things that will make it poignant and sad. I'm going to die. I'm at my high school. I've got my whole life ahead of me. Let me talk about mortality and death. I'm 18 years old. Um, so that Peter Parker can watch her valedictorian speech again at the end of the movie. Just be like, wow, I'm, you I'm right, so queen. fucked up over her dying. Um, and then he quits being Spider-Man for all of 30 seconds before the rhino shows up. And Spider-Man's back. End movie. Tune in next time. Tune we might do Rock time. Octopus oh. or something. Wrong. Wrong. We've cast Shailene Woodley as Mary Jane Watson. I, I don't yeah, know who that who, is. Yeah, she. Oh, she was the the. Uh, do you remember that Divergent? That was like another oh, one of those, those like that. Yeah, like like, like all Hunger those game knockoffs. YA movies yeah. that that, that nobody was, saw that were that completely her, devoid of personality or style. Um. Yeah, she's. I, I I think she's she's also on a. Oh, what's that, Andrea Arnold? Big Little Lies, um, but yeah, she's about she's about as interesting to me as like a carton of milk. Um, well, I mean, if she was in those YA, like one of those YA movies, because all those movies were just like the most boring cinematography, the most boring writing, the most boring cast, just like 
completely lifeless and devoid of personality, which I mean is probably appropriate for their source material. Like I think I saw one of those divergent movies. It was like one of those ones someone else had thrown it on. And I saw the Maze Runner at one point, and I could tell you almost nothing about those movies. Like just the most like God, like less memorable than any given episode of network TV. Like just ter- like I don't know why they kept making all those movies. No one will remember them fondly. No. Or at all. Um, and yeah, and they all had the dullest fucking casts, too. Like, all these charismaless actors who would just disappear. Yeah, and I feel these two movies- Their respective series ran out of money. Yeah, these two movies feel like they're, they're very much, like, in vain with that. Like, because that yeah. was, like, 2012, like, through, like, 20. 20- 15 was really like the height of those kind of movies because you know where yeah, they do they things, have like that. In the first amazing spider-man where we were like this feels like it's really trying to ape off of like twilight yeah because the, they're trying to do that whole oh oh peter parker and and gwen stacy can't be together because her dad's the police chief and he's scared she'll die and that's supposed to be like twilight romantic tension which is also probably why they cast andrew garfield because he kind of also has that yeah, he's got um, like the Robert Pattinson, like yeah, he's got look. Robert Pattinson look, uh, like both you know high cheekbones and also he's British, right? I think he's British. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, they both. Are. Yeah. Oh, uh, um, oh. Besides that, also his like American, like his New York accent is bad too because he just he sounds like he's trying to be urban. Just one guy, just one Spider Man or woman, we don't know for sure. There's, there's, when he's in the Spider-Man suit and they have him doing like Spider-Man lines, they all vaguely sound like, like not exactly, but they'll have that vague hint of like trying to sound black almost. Yeah. 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 I was like, don't stop doing that. As bad as like, you know, what's up, homie? Why are you stepping in my hood? But just like a little, like something in the delivery it's, it's, of choice it, it, is a little. Yeah, it's in that it's neighborhood, like, though. Vaguely urban in a way that is like very, uh, very ill-conceived. I guess. Um, I I don't know, man. It's just yeah. The first one especially really has that bland YA adaptation movie quality um, across the board. Uh, the the second one, yeah, is so like fucks up so badly in such comic ways uh that it yeah is much easier to watch um yeah, I mean, so that's I was, that's a I was airplane hangover yeah i mean yeah. it's also like better looking fun. like it's it was, not as it de- it's looking. not desaturated uh spider-man actions a bit people, more competent um, yeah the pay it's way better paced um like it is it's 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 more entertaining because it's worse in way funnier ways but it's also at the same time objectively a better movie at a technical level too which is funny which is a very low bar to clear but like you know you don't have to watch any like you just aside from bonus episodes where we talk about good movies don't have to watch any movie we talk about on this show yeah don't don't watch this definitely definitely don't if you're gonna watch them try and watch them in ways that don't contribute to uh clicks and metrics and but like if you were like stuck on an airplane or you're really hung over or something, and for some reason this is around, it's like you can you can do worse in terms of something to just not pay attention to or laugh at. Um I would say it's slightly so bad it's good. 
Yeah, the second one definitely. The second one, not the, uh, the first I, one, yeah. is dull. No, the first the, one is painful to watch. The like, first one is literally the worst thing I've watched the, for the this first, podcast. The first one, I would like, you know, like when this, when, it, when, when takes, I rise when I rise to power and I'm sending dissidents off to to be and tortured. This is what I will show them when they step out of line. This is this is my yeah. Abu Ghraib. <laughs> Thor it makes Thor 2 seem like like an Ingmar Bergman by comparison. Ah, like, Thor 2 is not much better. It's it's it's, but, it's a sliver. like it no, it's terrible less, too, but like inter like there's somehow like somehow it, it makes Thor, that seem Thor better. Thor 2 has a little bit of a more charismatic cast. It has better casting, period. Which is a little bit which and is Andrew, why, Andrew yeah. Garfield in this movie, in addition to just their conception of Peter Parker being off to me, being just again like an indie director guy's idea of a nerd, a nerd who's aside from that really like affected, incredulous, mumbly, feigned awkwardness, uh, just seems like a cool art kid, film kid guy. He he would have um, had hoes in high school. Yeah. It's a guy. It's but, a, at least, at least, where I would have gone to high school because every yeah. everyone I every guy I went to high school with was mostly like Irish potato head. That's what my old man would have called the Wonder Bread Wop. You know, he eats his Sunday gravy out of a jar. But he his affect to me, his performance constantly just it, it always feels insincere. Like you know when you talk to like like you see like a guy who's like saying all the things he should say. In the way he should say them, but you can sense yeah, that like, like it's a neck, facade, like, <laughs> and and behind it he's just like I'm gonna get that pussy. This is yeah. what I need to say and sound yeah. like to get that pussy. There's there's that sense of like, yeah, like like almost manipulative insincerity to everything he does in these movies that would almost work if like I mean I think that's why he works in a movie like Under the Silver Lake because yeah that's which you that's the character instead. he is in that movie. <laughs> Yeah, that's um, that's definitely a, a good watch and said to recommend. But yeah, he just seems so like insincere in a calculated way in this that uh, undercuts everything. You're just like, I think this Peter Parker deep down is a creep. Yeah, there's there's definitely like this is a very it's a twenty twenty twelve was like the awkward year where it was you know woke. This, this, Peter Parker, like this Peter Parker this Peter Parker gets but... canceled as a DSA sex pest in 2019. Yes. Yes, perfect. Um he he has a podcast. He has a he, podcast. He 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 goes he 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 goes post after he gets canceled and after like um uh he never gets invited on Chapo, he like becomes like an Amy Therese post left guy. Yeah, it's like what else i mean what else is there to say about these about these movies other than the fact that they were well, it's, not good I, and like forced sony to go to the table again and be like here well, here you could borrow spider-man it's stepping back and asking like what why did they go back to rebooting spider-man so quickly and why the, the world's tiniest violin Money. Why did they? I guess, that's the thing I want to step back and do with these movies yeah. is ask, like, why did they do these movies this way at this time? For 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 like, what did they imagine they were doing? What did they like? Because they reflect an attempt to like 
capture the millennial zeitgeist, the the YA movie audience, the the Twilight and Divergent and Hunger Games audience for sure, right? Um, and the the indie, like, yeah, well, we're gonna have, well, this is we're gonna have an indie director because he'll get that modern teenager stumbly mumbly awkward dialogue thing, and it's just none of it works. Um, and then two, they try to course correct by being more in the line of the Sam Raimi movies and and trying to make Spider-Man more quippy and comedic. And it, it makes it a more tolerable. It, oh, it definitely ours, makes it still more entertaining to watch. Like the, it's such a mess of like failing to be the right level of campy and then also failing to be melodramatic the right way, which admittedly like that's a, cause like if you go to like Marvel, actual like Marvel comics when they're kind of at their best, which I'm not an expert on, but that's kind of the needle they thread is uh, a certain level, a certain intersection of like camp and melodrama, which is not always and like stuff. Because again, like what makes comics, comics is like really good dynamic art. Yeah, and it's hard to pull off. And then like just so much of what makes superhero comic art compelling when it's good, you can't really do in film like in this movie like every time spider-man goes to do something spider-man-y he turns into a cg cartoon and he moves it's not just he doesn't look realistic it's that he moves in a totally different way than he does when he's andrew garfield or a stunt guy in a suit um and that split is hard to square and that's why i think when it comes to a lot of these movies they should just be animated movies you know, then Spider-Man yeah. can always move and look like Spider-Man. And you don't have that jarring mix between him doing crazy stunts with infinite flexibility and then the slight stilted awkwardness of a guy in latex running around. Um, I mean, there's certain movies you could do like, you know, like live action, like again, like Batman Returns works because it's like very theatrical and stagey and has those sets and stuff. But if you're going to do if you're going to try and emulate the comics closely with the poses and the action or not even close but you're going to try to emulate that dynamism like that does you can't do that in live action and hard cutting between live action and CGI is just between cartoon Spider-Man and guy in suit Spider-Man is jarring um, I mean you know the Sam Raimi movies do it a lot better but even still there it's like you know in, in hypothetically like the only reason these movies aren't animated, which I think was a medium that would suit a lot of this stuff better and 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 bring out its best qualities, is just that general sense of like animated films are for children and only children will watch them. Um, therefore, we can't spend that kind of money or 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 utilize that IP in animation unless we're doing like a lower budget cartoon on streaming as a supplemental element of the ip yeah and you know what it's in that context that it makes a lot more sense that like sony eventually got it right again with spider-man with like the uh miles morales into the spider-verse stuff um Which i, I haven't a, seen that but is a really I, people like it yeah um it's 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 really right up there with spider-man too in my opinion and, um, and it seems like i from what i've seen of it i've seen bits and pieces it, it like the kids watching great. it they've yeah, they found a way to do CG animation that actually has a sense of like style and movement instead of like that kind of blobby smooth quality. 
which I think meant like doing things like cutting frames out of the I think it, it was a matter of like 2D coloring, kind of like what they did with like cell Breath shading. of the Wild. Yeah, like Breath of That's the Wild. Like Chromer yeah. has like very similar, like I, I was thinking a lot about like in Spider-Verse when I first saw like Promare visually speaking. Um, I mean, th- yeah, those like in addition to like both Spider-Man 1 and 2, those are like my firm like if you're gonna watch anything Spider-Man, watch those. Um, we'll, we'll eventually we'll eventually get to talking about uh, Tom Holland and MCU Spider-Man, but uh, it is I I think we we did as awful as this first the first movie was, and as hilariously bad the second one is. It it is important that we you know yeah. go back and include the redheaded stepchildren of the. Uh, Marvel franchise, uh, you know your 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 Fox well, Marvels, the, the your, failed the failed attempts to compete with the MCU. Yeah, right? a couple, some of them, like you know, Fox would eventually get bored by you know Disney. Oh, uh, Sony we'll still watch holding out, but they're, all those they're now they're doing a thing movies. where it's all connected. Because uh, I guess Vulture showed up in Morbius, and yeah, now well, the, because the the. Third, I guess they're doing no something where there's like a Sony universe where all the villains live. It's a multiverse, and then they'll they'll cross the over. Marvel Cinematic universe they'll cross multiverse. over to the main Marvel universe to fight Spider-Man, then come back to do their own movies, which is so fucking dumb. I don't, I don't know how much longer this Spider-Man villain, I, yeah, movie thing will last. I think Venom, as a, as a box office success, I think Venom was a bit of a fluke. Oh, yeah, and I don't it was think a meme they can, movie. It was a meme. I don't movie. think they can do that again. Um, I might be wrong. I don't think they can. Um, like they tr- they tried with Morbius, like even to the to the point of like releasing it again because people were memeing on it so hard, and it's still which was really make any funny. money. That just goes to show like how wildly out of touch and brain dead these people are that they thought that would work. They thought that, yeah, that, that it meant Sony, people actually wanted to see the movie. If um, I feel like Sony, like Sony, feels like it's run by like a bunch of geriatrics. Um, Disney obviously feels like it's run by like a parent teacher association. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty good. And and uh, Warner Brothers is just run by like spiteful assholes. Well, yeah, I think those Discovery guys are just. The, like, oh, they're. I think a lot of movie guys like to have terrible taste, and obviously they follow the money, what they think the money goes, blah blah. But I think on some level, a lot of them at least do like movies and want to make movies. Um, I think the guys from Discovery don't. Oh, they're content cows. They have no art in their souls at all. I'm yeah. just like, I'm just like picturing them as like the two fat guys on the bike. Yeah, they they just want to funnel <laughs> like, the so extent sad. to which they're willing to spend money on movies is. Well, the, the movies to make money themselves, but it's really just aside from merch and stuff, it's to funnel people towards like content, dirt cheap, yeah, lowest common denominator, shark week, whatever content. Like, just and that's why everything that was like animation or whatever, like, unless that's they maybe had a really big audience already, they just canned it. So it's like, well, for, for, for this money, we could make five fucking shows where some guy waters around the woods and goes, Is there a Bigfoot? Maybe <laughs> literally, um, it's that's what that's what your uh, tickets to Black Adam are paying for, everybody. Um, yeah, it's, uh, is anyone actually watching that? That looked 
Uh, Terrible. Everyone whose opinion I trust, which is like everyone I think is uh, worth listening to about movies, are saying it uh, fucking sucks and it stinks, uh, which doesn't surprise me. Uh, you know, yeah, it's but gonna I mean, get, is it, you know is it's it gonna making get a money? You know, um, it's gonna get a sequel. Wow, apparently, and, and because people will show up for, for the rock. Adam. Yeah, because they show up for The Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, what about White Adam? Well, that's, again, that's not Hollywood wokeism. We get Black Adams. We don't get White Adams. It's White Genocide. Yeah. We are called racist with no proof by MSNBC, ADL, Southern Barbie Law Center. Yeah. It's White Adam Genocide. Absolutely. Um, it's as, as. You know, it was White Adam and Eve, not Black Adam and Eve. They, they call me the meme machine. Uh, oh, so me- what do you think? <laughs> These, well, I mean, this, like, I mean, these amazing Spider-Man movies did make money. They just didn't make enough money for what they spent on making and marketing them, yeah. right? Because that's this weird thing where you're pouring more and more money into these movies for kind of diminishing like actual returns. I, I, I with with the way like kind of the blockbuster movie and stuff goes, I, I feel like it's almost like relativity. Like in the basic idea of like Einstein's theory of special relativity is that as uh, an object approaches the speed of light. Well, the speed of light is just the fastest possible thing under this equation. It's, but as 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 as, a, as an object accelerates, it increases in mass, and as it increases in mass, it requires more energy to accelerate it until you approach a point where you where you need infinite energy to accelerate an infinitely sized mass, and then you can't go any faster. And that point is the speed of light, because like photons are like have the least amount of mass of anything we know of, uh, really. Um, So I feel like with movies, it's almost a similar thing where to get consistent or bigger returns, at least they think, you have to pour more money into them. So you get this increasing mass of money dumped into these movies on the stars, on the effects, whatever, on the marketing. Um, And as they get bigger and bigger, they need more and more dumped into them to, to generate the same returns, except... There's no law of physics requiring this because if you make a good enough movie that catches on, people will turn out in droves to see something that costs $40 million. I mean, probably the most profitable movie in history was Blair Witch Project because I think they spent like a million buying the rights to it and it made like $250 million at the box office, you know? So I don't know if like just the fact that there's like – if the – I mean maybe the big stars still because that's – Unfortunately, what a lot of people use to decide to watch a movie is whether or not they like or recognize the actors in it. Um, but beyond that, it's like, I don't know, like, do people actually, can people tell the difference between a movie with a $300 million effects budget and one with, a fi- like, look at Deadpool. Deadpool had a half to a quarter of the budget of most yeah. of these movies. And it, and it, it was it, wildly popular. And, and it looks much better than anything in this movie, even even though it's like, you know, four, five yeah, years Yeah, I really complained separated. about how it looked, but it didn't It looks look a lot any, better. It didn't really look any worse. I mean, audiences aren't that discerning, really. They're not very good at spotting effects and production quality stuff. I mean, that's why these movies do as well. Because they don't look actually good, most of them. They don't actually look good. But most people don't know. They don't know anything about movies. They don't look that close. They can't even tell if the motion smoother's on. So I don't know if yeah. all this money they spend on these movies and and all the sanding off they do of the plot and the characters or anything is necessary or worth it. Like, 
I, I think it might all be like an intern. Like, I guess, like, these people, like, we talk about how isolated they are from the real world and audiences in most ways. Like, you know, they're, they're following their own internal logic, which self reinforces because they live in that world and can cherry pick, you know, well, this movie was a flop that because they didn't spend enough on it or whatever. Um, but I think it's all purely ideological, honestly. Like, they yeah. could probably, like, if they spent half as much on an Avengers movie, would any anybody in the audiences for them have actually noticed that the yeah. CG yeah, good point. was or, or the green screening was even shittier? Like they probably couldn't tell. Yeah. Um, well. Yeah. I, I mean, don't I don't think we have much else to say on these. Yeah. Why, movies, why do you think so. these? Because it seems like the quality, as we'd estimate it, doesn't really seem to determine what makes these movies popular. Why do you think these flopped when other movies didn't? Because it's I, not, I think not, not for our reasons for not liking them, but for like mass audiences. Why didn't they? Well, I, they did watch these movies in pretty substantial numbers, but why did they not turn up in the numbers Sony required? Or did Sony themselves just have outrageous expectations just, for a superhero movie that's not tied into a larger franchise? Sony tripped over its own dick as it usually does. That's what it did. Yeah, but like, what what was it? Audiences weren't responding to. With I mean. Part of it, I, I definitely think just Andrew Garfield just doesn't work as Peter Parker. And I also just like tonally, especially like the first one, like tonally, it's so all off. So and then the second one begins with that fucking uh, James Bond, like Mission Impossible ass, like opening. I'm just imagining like a small child seeing that in theaters and being like, what is this? Yeah. So it's it, it like... It just it doesn't have any of the necessary charm that like the Raimi Spider-Man has. But I also think, you know, was at least like the first like that Spider-Man Homecoming was able to tap into. Like, you know, it just tried the first one just tries to take itself so seriously. Except yeah. when it, it, it no, that, doesn't want to. That makes to. sense. The first one is dour. And the second one is kind of too stupid and convoluted. Um. And altogether, there's just not enough uh, charisma and charm. Yeah, between in in the core cast and and the writing. Um, that I think that all checks out. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um, I have no idea what, what we're gonna do next. We'll figure that. Also, out. Also, I think it was just but- <laughs> too much. Too 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 going back to Spider Man again too soon after the last seven. Oh yeah, years. absolutely. A lot of oh, people just, although a lot of people looked at that and thought this is ridiculous. I I just saw that movie. Although five years ago. it was an even shorter turnaround between like Spider the Amazing Spider Man two and like Homecoming. Yeah, it was, like, but Homecoming three years. had the benefit of one not redoing the origin story. Yeah, oh two, yeah, that was a smart being movie. a course correction from the bad movies, which is like like having bad movies that you're correcting from is a thing that will bring people back. Where they otherwise might not care. Oh yeah, so absolutely. it actually like worked in their favor. And three is all the hype around. Oh, we're bringing Spider Man into the MCU, mm-hmm. so he's going to go and meet Iron Man, and you're going to be best uh, friends with. And uh, yeah, it's Tony Stark is going to be Spider Man's sugar daddy. Yeah. which well, that'll so we'll get to that eventually. That's the thing that gets people excited. Where the others wouldn't be is the idea that oh, Spider Man's going to join this larger universe. That's something I haven't seen before. I've never seen him interact with other characters. Blah blah blah. Um, so I, I think that would be it. So I think, like, honestly, like, the Amazing Spider-Man movies coming out and failing did Marvel a huge favor, whereas if Sony had just not made movies with them, uh, they actually would have 
given them less. I mean, it's people are still excited to see Spider-Man join the MCU, but yeah. I think, oh, I'm so excited to see a good Spider-Man movie after seeing two bad ones was actually like a boom for them. Yeah, it's just weird to think about, but and I remember Homecoming being okay. Actually, I remember it being like the most I liked an MCU movie in a while. But well, yeah, you know, well, we'll again, like get there's to that. that first viewing is always more sympathetic than any revisit. We'll see if it. Yeah, we'll see if it holds, holds up, up. next next time on Marvelous. We next haven't determined what we're doing next time, but oh, we should. We did get Soon. another new patron. Oh though. yeah, right, right. Uh, we got to give a shout it's out. Our, here. It's our homie heartworm, aka Jean Paul the Fourth, uh, aka who some of you uh, faithful listeners will remember as the uh, source is- of our uh, Chris Evans knife ocean story. Which, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go listen to the first Avenger episode. Uh, that that is a, a pope ass name. That is a pope's name. Yeah, that's the pope. Yeah, I mean, not the living pope. Pope's dead, but it was a pope. There have been popes. Um, not that being a dead pope stops from being pope. There's in the Middle Ages, there was a pope that during one of their big like sectarian internecine conflicts, they dug him up and put his corpse, this like skeleton in pope robes on a chair and like yeah, the, yeah. had a trial in like the yeah. 14th century, I think. Yeah, what um, are we going to get? What are we going to get? Like a, is there like a super pope or like a pope villain we, in any well, of what we need now like, is like we're going to start doing that with canceled historical and artistic figures so it's like we're going to dig up like, mark like, twain like abraham like and, a vampire hunter but it's like uh well, no we're like, going gonna to dig up we're going to dig up mark twain and like put him on trial for using the Empire. okay uh, oh yeah we're going to create a twitter account for him so that people can yell at it and get it banned <laughs> um but yeah, so watch something else. Um, obviously, I think Raimi, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man movies. Um, uh, speaking of, yeah, Andrew Garfield, Under the Silver Lake, I think is a pretty great movie. Yeah, I think that's actually my favorite like thing I've seen him in. I and can't I'm, think I'm, of what else I've seen him in, actually. I, I much prefer like It Follows uh, from the same director, but uh, I, I deeply appreciate Under the Civil, S- Silver Lake for... Uh, the bold swings that it takes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a kind of all over the place movie, but in a way that is endearing because it's grappling with so much, and it's not. It's like it's audacious. Fact, it's very audacious. Yeah, it's audacious, but also I feel like the sense that the director himself is kind of lost with what he's trying to deal with comes across in a way that sort of works in the movie's favor. Because it's sort of like, I think we all, it, it reflects, I think, a way a lot of people feel the last few years about just being kind of, you know, yeah, post-Epstein and stuff, yeah. especially just being kind of like overwhelmed with uh, the the scale of the world and our inability to understand what's really going on with a lot of it. Um, and that sense of paranoia that comes if we even like get sucked into trying. Uh, I also, yeah, It Follows, I really love that movie. It, some it, That's a movie that's like divisive, like people really love really? it or really don't. I think, yeah. Oh, I thought I was. I think, I've, I think some I've people respect it, maybe. Assumption it's like a modern classic, but no, whatever. It, I think it. I mean, it's. I think it's reasonably well regarded overall. But I think like people either really like the core premise of the movie and its style, like really resonates or really doesn't. Um, I think it okay. depends on kind of your mental setup. For me, it was like, I think if you're like a generally kind of like anxious person, uh, it'll work for you if you're kind of just like you know 
prone to dwell on your anxieties. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, and then, um, anything, know, else? anything else that I'm trying to think of Emma Stone movies. I really like, and I'm actually kind of coming up short. Who cares? Who cares? Uh, Mark Webb movies. I can't. No, know. no. Don't. You, don't need, you don't need to watch 500 days of summer. Yeah, I've, no, I've never seen care. it. And I never don't will. care. I don't think I'm missing much. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll be back next time with uh to be determined. Uh, uh, should, should we just move on to civil war? Should we finally get maybe, that? Maybe. Uh, although do we also want to, uh, like what? Who did? Who did the fucking Green Lantern? Was that Sony too? Uh, well, that's a DC character, so I assume yeah. it was WB, but I don't know. Because that's I, I feel like that one is just kind of so insignificant. Yeah, it's it's, it's well, like that, so that forgotten and irrelevant. Directed by Martin Campbell, really? Oh, that's a shocker. Wait, who? Martin? Uh. I mainly know him because he did Goldeneye and Casino Royale, the like two uh, best James Bond movies of the last era, of the last thirty years. Um, okay, yeah, well, possibly next time on Marvelous. No, we don't we'll need to do... watch Green Lantern. It just it no, had I so mean, little impact, next, and it's next probably time on Marvelous, bad. We finally get back really to say, Phase Three or get, return yeah. to Phase Three. So, uh, yeah. Uh, anyways, I'm Nicole. <laughs> I'm Discourse Stew, and uh, oh yeah, um, if you like the show, please you know like, subscribe, give us some positive reviews on your preferred podcast apps of choice, iTunes or Apple Podcasts now, whatever. Um, and please, if you have the means and wherewithal, consider uh, uh, giving us support. Give us your money. Need need money. Uh, three bucks a month U.S. Uh, will get you all bonus content. Um, which more is coming and uh, higher tiers just get you bragging rights and uh, that kind of uh, parasocial proximity uh, that that, yeah, that we'll, little we'll surge of jouissance that comes when we say your 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 username on the show or talk to you on the discord yeah. um, so that would be uh, patreon.com slash marvelous death alright what's our what's our catchphrase Coming out. What are we at? Uh, we end the? Did we set? Uh, What's the French thing you say? Oh, uh, cinema du mort. Uh, so, I forgot what the French was. <laughs> movies are dead. Long live movies. All I had right. it, I had it <laughs> figured out and I forgot. Uh, All right. Cinema du mort. Uh, la vie cinema. I don't know. I don't. I. I, oh, well. I did a little bit of French in grade school because it's Canada. Oh well. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Movies.
In this time of the clash of continents, a great earthquake split the land. Herds were divided. Families were cut in two. Littlefoot was separated from his grandparents. Sarah was on one side of the divide. Her parents were on the other. So listen closely. 